Are you one who asks the question, why does God allow suffering? After all, if he is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-loving, wouldn't he spare the creation he claims to love every kind of pain and suffering? Well, in this episode of Hardcore Christianity, Justin and I explore that question. We'll take a look at different forms of suffering, we'll find out what the Bible has to say about suffering, and we'll examine steps and practices that believers should take while suffering. So if you've ever questioned why suffering exists when we have an all-loving, all-knowing, and all-powerful God, you want to check out this episode of Hardcore Christianity. Well, Justin, I want to thank you for joining me for this episode of Hardcore Christianity, where we're going to be talking about suffering. So as we do with every episode of Hardcore Christianity, we start off by talking about what is suffering. What, how would you define suffering in this context? Well, let's just look at the simple definition. You know, I, I kind of looked up, um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a quite simple one. It says, the state of undergoing pain, distress, or hardship. So really what we're talking about is physical pain or, or kind of mental distress. Um, and, you know, as that kind of plays out every day, you know, we see that in, in you know, uh, it could be health-related, it could be um, addiction, it could be just catastrophes. You know, mm -hmm. we see whether that's earthquakes or, yep. you know, we see suffering kind of play out um, each and every day. You know, I kind of took a look at it, and when I thought about it, I did think about it as two different types of suffering. One is the personal suffering, as you mentioned, and then one is just the communal suffering, yeah. which is like the big suffering, like uh, big earthquakes or, or mass shootings or those kind of things, as opposed to personal suffering. And when I took a look at the definition, I found the one that you did too, and I agree with that definition. Mm -hmm. But when we take, I, I actually saw something from something called the Institute of Basic Life Principles. And they had eight types of personal suffering. Let's see if you agree with, with their interpretation of what suffering entails to the individual. So first, there is fiery trials. And this is an intense encounter or struggle, burst of anger, grief, or lust. It's just the kind of the, the things that kind of come upon us that we have to deal with the struggles of life and the struggles of trying to, be, to remain a Christian, those kind of things mm -hmm. that are trials in our life. And then the next one is infirmities. And these are just like physical uh, limitations or illnesses that we have in our life. And I think that's a lot of what people go through as far as suffering. And that's probably, uh, would you agree, the main uh, probably the main definition of a lot of people suffering. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, in, in preparing for this, uh, you know, I, I would say that's really kind of the lens I, I took. You know, it's the, the questions I seem to, to hear most often is, uh, you know, in regards to health, you know, the infirmity that mm -hmm. you said, and, and also just the kind of the day-to-day -day stuff that, that people kind of face, yeah. you know, in their, in their uh, you know, in their life. And here's a couple of other ones. One is reproaches. When we're ridiculed or rejected, it's kind of like being avoided because of who you are, and that could be a form of suffering for some people. Um, another one is persecution, such as mm -hmm. harassment, and this is, uh, has to deal with a lot with uh, uh, Christians and believers, but when we're harassed and oppressed due to our religious conviction, that could be a form of trials or suffering yeah. for some people. And then uh, just the necessities of life, like the clothes, or how we're going to figure out how we're going to eat, or how we're going to wear, what we're going to wear, how we're going to make ends meet, and for a lot of people, that could be suffering. Not so much necessarily in the United States, but if you consider those who are starving yeah. in other countries who just have to figure out how to live, that could be a form of suffering if you have to wake up every morning hungry. Um, distresses like disappointments and hurts, that could be a form of suffering. Uh, tribulations. Um, thinking like there's no light at the end of the tunnel when you're mm -hmm. going through something and you can't see the end of it where there's pressures and challenges that you have in your life and the last one that they listed was temptations uh which every every believer can attest to just uh opportunities to yield to the sinful nature i mean i i think it was a pretty good list of of some of the different types of suffering and trials that people go through um, so I just thought that was something I wanted to share yeah, with you. Yeah, and I would, I would agree, you know, those were, those were each type, you know, I think we face at some point in our life, and uh, definitely, you know, as we, as we kind of continue, it, there's lots of biblical mm -hmm. references to each, each of those types. Yep. So I think that as we talk today, um, there are two, I think we should focus, or at least kind of point out, if necessary, the two types of suffering, which is the communal and the personal, because I think mm -hmm. a lot of people who are watching the show or listening to the podcast um, understand uh, those two types of suffering and I think they're kind of they're very different because one yeah. is kind of external and you see all of these bad things that are happening in the world and it's like God why would why can't you stop this why don't you stop this or the why me um, 
a mentality where all these things are happening to me. God, why are you allowing these bad things? I'm a good person. I'm mm -hmm. doing good things. Why am I suffering in these ways? So maybe as we go along, we'll see the different, the two different types of suffering. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So let's start off by asking the question, why are we even talking about this? Why is this an important question? This is a, an extremely important question in my mind. You know, uh, you kind of hit on it uh, in the opening, which is, you know, the fundamental idea that I, I took was, um, you know, if, if there is an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-good uh, God, which if you look at the, the Christian Bible and, and really a lot of other religions, you know, their God are, is described in, the, in a similar fashion. If we, we say that and yet we see suffering on the scale that we see here, here every day here on earth, whether that's individual or collective, it's easy for, I think, somebody who, who doesn't know God. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, I can, I can see it's even easy for Christians to be sucked into the notion that, um, you know, God isn't all-powerful. Mm. He's not all-good, or he's neither. I mean, mm -hmm. he's, uh, which, you know, is a, is a very dangerous um, snare, I think, for especially Christians where... Definitely where you know they know god and yet um it's it's that easy to be kind of sucked into the idea that um, god isn't there for them mm -hmm. god doesn't have their best intentions in mind and that he can't overcome anything in their lives whether that's suffering or, or anything else going on well, i think a lot of unbelievers do use this as, as a, it's a it's a stumbling block to them yeah because they will say those things and write off christianity as as if it's a, it's a farce because if God were all these things, and how can these things be happening? I think I got a quote from uh, Rich Deem from GodAndScience.org that I thought was pretty, uh, it was a, it was a, it's a quote that I think um, should be mentioned on this show. It says, most atheists assume that a personal God would only create a universe that is both good morally and perfect physically. However, according to Christianity, the purpose of the universe is not to be morally or physically perfect, but to provide a place where spiritual creatures can choose to love or reject God, to live with him forever in a new perfect universe, or reject him and live apart from him for eternity. It would not be possible to make this choice in a universe in which all moral choices are restricted to only good choices. One cannot choose between good and bad if bad did not exist. It's a, an amazingly simple uh, logical principle. And I don't know what you think about that. Do you have any thoughts on, on his uh, take on, yeah, on that quote? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the way it's phrased in the sense that, um, you know, God created us in the hopes that we would love him, right? Mm -hmm. That we would, we would um, love him and glorify him in everything that we did. And, you know, he, he gives us that free will mm -hmm. to, to be able to, to make choices you know, if we were pre-programmed to just uh, have everything go perfectly and, um, you know, do exactly as, as he would have us do, uh, you know, that's, that's not a love that he's looking for from us. I mm -hmm. mean, we can't possibly love him in that fashion. So I like the way it was put there. And, you know, I think we, especially the way you said non-Christians, you know, that's an easy one to say that, uh, you know, that's why there is no God. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it brings up a, uh, you know, a video I've seen, you know, with, with the famous uh, astrophysicist, Neil deGrasse Tyson, yeah, yeah, right? He's yeah. very, very popular nowadays. Yeah. And, you know, I remember seeing a, a video kind of uh, floating around the internet uh, just recently where, you know, he's on one of the Tonight Shows and he, he brings up this exact concept. He says, uh, you know, the question was posed to him, do you believe in God? Mm -hmm. You know, that's a very popular question for, mm -hmm. to, you know, the hosts to ask him. And uh, he goes through this exact scenario where I cannot see that there is a God if, suffering exists and he's supposed to be all powerful and all good he's mm -hmm. not either and so that's to me when i when we look at that as christian perspective we have to be i think biblically sound in being able to explain exactly what suffering is and what role it plays in our lives absolutely yeah. i think that's a that's a good point and i also think that uh, as a believer that we need to remember why that suffering is here because of the fall yeah. and i think that uh when I talk about suffering in our world, I think about it as in a fallen world. See, because suffering is happening because we are living in a fallen world. So with that caveat, we are living in a fallen world where we have free will. That means we're fallen creatures, and the things that are going to happen to us and the things we're going to talk about 
have to have that basis because if it were a perfect world, if, if the fall never happened, maybe there wouldn't be any suffering because mm -hmm. God made the perfect world. Everything was perfect and, and on the diseases and all the things that we face today would not necessarily be here if the fall never happened. Yeah. But we live in a fallen world. And when he talks about, in that quote that I mentioned, um, all the different things about, uh, uh, about why, why suffering has to be here, why the choice for bad has to be here, you know, where the, the, the whole economy of bad and good, I only see that as being necessary in a fallen world. Yeah. So all the things in my mind that we're talking about today are only, are, are only pertinent because we live in a fallen world. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's right. All right. Any other uh, thoughts on uh, on why to ask this question, or is that the, that main point about uh, if he's all powerful, all loving, all good? Well, you know, I, I will go back to a little bit of what I was, um, you know, reading just when I was looking at the definition of the word. Okay. Uh, and one of the things I found interesting was it actually gave the opposite, which was pleasure or happiness. Hmm. Which, if I, if you know, when I I saw that, that leads me to believe that suffering there can be no pleasure or happiness in suffering. Now, that, that's tough, and we'll kind of maybe, uh, mm -hmm. I'd love to talk about that mm -hmm. a little bit further on in the episode, but, um, you know, I think our natural tendency is to say all suffering can only be negative. It's, it's to be avoided. It's not something that we should look for and mm -hmm. something that we should want. Mm -hmm. And um, once again, I, I think the Bible has a lot to say about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I look forward to getting to that. Our next question is, uh, so what do you, uh, what do you think about a God who allows suffering. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, this was a tough question to answer, you know, in the sense that, uh, once again, I go back to, I can understand whether it's a non-Christian or even a Christian where in the midst of their trials, in the midst of their, their suffering, that they could kind of come to this conclusion if they were not as, you know, uh, as, you know, I guess, solidly grounded in, in, in reading the Bible and, and having even people around mm -hmm. them to be able to, mm -hmm. to kind of speak into their lives. So I can understand how it's, it's easy. It's a snare. That's kind of why I use that term. I mean, it's something absolutely that Satan can use mm -hmm. to um, discourage us and, and, you know, really take our eyes off of God. And so while I understand that, you know, you kind of brought up the fall and we have to understand why we have suffering in this world and, um, you know, Adam and Eve rejected God's goodness. You mm -hmm. know, they doubted, they doubted God and, and ultimately uh, his authority. And so, you know, one of the, the verses that I, I really uh, would, was kind of focusing on when, when thinking about this question was Romans eight eighteen through 23, where it says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Mm -hmm. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. It's, it's a fairly long, you know, couple of verses that mm -hmm. I went through there. But, you know, in, the, in that verse, we, we see that our present sufferings are, are nothing compared to, you know, the glory that will be revealed in mm -hmm. us. You know, that's, that's something to, to really focus on. And, and the other thing that I noticed in there was it was calling out, you know, those who have the first fruits of the spirit. So it's calling Christians to say, you will suffer. You're not, you're not, you know, mm -hmm. if, if you believe in God going to avoid suffering. Right. And so, you know, we, we, we need to focus more on the hope um, that it provides. And um, yeah. Okay. Well, I kind of, when I, when I hear people saying, you know, the all powerful, almighty, you know, all, all good God, why does he allow suffering? Part of me agrees with that yeah. because God can stop it, but he chooses not to. And I think that that is where the, the crossroads meet. That's where yeah. the rubber meets the road because they are right. God is all powerful. He's all loving. He's all he could he do. He could stop it if he wanted to. Mm -hmm. He just chooses not to. So why does he choose not to? And I think that that is the question that 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 should rumble around in our minds. Um, if we have this question on our minds and if this is plaguing anyone who is wondering why God doesn't stop suffering, even though he can, because 
I think believers make that argument assuming that, oh, because he's all these, if, if he is all these things, then suffering wouldn't exist. But he is all those things, yet suffering still does exist because he chooses to allow it. And I actually have a, a few different reasons why yeah. I think he does, because as you alluded to earlier in the episode, suffering has a purpose. And uh, these are some of the purposes yeah. I think of suffering. And these are some that I kind of came up myself. Um, I think that suffering is for growth. Uh, one reason that we suffer is to grow. The Bible talks about that uh, we persevere, that it builds perseverance. Perseverance is a good thing. It's a learned uh, behavior that will make us stronger. It's kind of like that, that which does not kill you makes you stronger. Believers need to be strong because there is going to be persecution. We cannot have a thin skin because Jesus even knew that uh, we, will, we will face persecution. And if we are not accustomed or at least uh, aware or open to suffering, then we're going to have real problems yeah. in this life. And even with our walk, if we are not aware of Satan's attacks and aware of suffering and open to that and saying, okay, well, I'm going to suffer. I'm not going to fight it. It's going to happen. Um, then we're going to be in real trouble as believers because we're in the front lines of a battle where we are going to be, to feel suffering. Mm -hmm. So if we do suffer, that may be a good thing. It may be a growth thing that makes us stronger. Yeah. Another thing is um, suffering for testing. Sometimes God may use suffering to test us. I kind of think about the, uh, uh, the Abraham idea. Now, he didn't really suffer, I, maybe emotionally and internally, when he was asked to, to uh, kill his son, Isaac, yeah. his firstborn only son, uh, that he didn't have to kill. But that was a test to see if he would actually do it. And sometimes I believe that God tests us to test our hearts and to test our motives and to see if we will, really will do this. And not only for him, because he knows whether we will do it or not, but to test us and prove to ourselves whether we will do something, we won't do something. You know, there's a lot of times I think that believers say, oh, I'll do this. I, I certainly would do this. If that happened to me, I would, I, this is what I would do. Yeah. But we never know until we're put to the test. Yeah. And sometimes I believe that God uses suffering to put us to the test. I mean, if, if something were to happen to you, if you're a believer and something were to happen to you, and before that happened to you, you were thinking, well, I don't care. I, I'm, I'm in, in it with you, God, through the thick and thin, and I don't care what happens. I'm there with you. But then when that happens, that's where the real test happens. And maybe God is testing what you say you believe. And yeah, and I, I agree yeah. with that, especially, you know, the faith. Um, you know, what, what sort of faith is it if, if we only ever, uh, you know, experience good? Absolutely. It, it, and that's, that's something, obviously, we see in the book of Job, you mm -hmm, know, where, mm -hmm. you know, uh, God allows Satan to do as he will to Job, you know, do anything other than kill him. Right. And, and he's you know, a righteous man. He's a righteous man. And, and Job, you know, doesn't even so much as really question God as to why, uh, why those things were happening yeah. to him. So, you know, I think we can use Job's example as, as really strong faith. Definitely. Another reason would be uh, suffering for dependence on God. Um, sometimes we need to go through something to realize the illusion of control. Uh, we think we're in control. People who have money might think that that's their comfort. When things are taken away, like when Job, what happened to Job, and he was a wealthy man, he had everything. When things are taken away, we realize how dependent we are on God. And some people have to hit rock bottom to get to that level, and hopefully we don't. Yeah. But sometimes suffering is to show that we are dependent upon God. Is it, it is at that time where we really show our dependence on our Father. Mm -hmm. So actually there was a quote that I... Uh, that I found from John Piper, who says, suffering is a call for us and others to turn from treasuring anything on earth above God. So sometimes we need that suffering to put us back in the right place, to help us to remember we need God. We are dependent upon him. Yeah. Another uh, reason for suffering is for humility. And this is one I think is a big thing with Americans um, specifically, because we feel like we have this sense of entitlement. Like we were born in America and we are entitled to these rights. Uh, bad things shouldn't happen to us because we have the, you know, don't touch me because it's, you know, it's not your right to touch yeah. me or uh, whatever wrong happens to you. It's not, uh, not fair. It's, it, you're entitled to have everything perfectly happen for mm -hmm. you. There are laws put in place to protect you from such things. And I think that we need to remember that these are man-made laws and God supersedes all that. And there are times when we 
suffer, we understand that we're just like anyone else in the, in the whole world where people who don't have the rights that we have, who people who weren't born in America to a good family, who don't have money or have food. And it helps us to remember that we should not be self, uh, you know, have this uh, entitlement that we as Americans often have. I mean, Jesus even suffered. And he's the king. He's yeah. the king. And, he, and he's the, uh, the one who, who um, set the uh, example for us. So I'm thinking that that is another, another big reason for suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. And the last one that I have listed here is uh, suffering for discipline. And this is the one I don't like to, be, to, be, to suffer for, but sometimes God has to correct us. Sometimes we deserve the suffering that we get. And uh, sometimes, you know, I've heard it said that life is long, uh, short, but sometimes life can be long if you make the wrong decisions and you have to deal with the, with the, uh, the outcome of your, of your actions. And if that is in the form of suffering, uh, maybe God is using it to discipline us to put us right yeah. back on track, or maybe we actually deserve it. We, we put ourselves in that situation and we have to suffer for it. Yeah, and there's a, there's a great quote I, I love on exactly what you were talking about from C.S. Lewis in a, in a book he wrote called The, the Problem of Pain. Mm-hmm. And in that book, um, he writes, pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but he shouts in our pains. Mm. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. That so, I mean, if you good. think about, we don't wake up in the morning, gre- I mean, yes, of course, we want to turn away from sin and mm-hmm. we, want, we want to to follow the will of God, but it doesn't grieve us in our heart mm-hmm. naturally, mm-hmm. you know? And so, uh, j- just as C.S. Lewis kind of put it, I, I like think that. eloquently, it's God's megaphone yep. to us that, yep. that we need to act. Absolutely. A wake-up call. I like yeah. that because a lot, oftentimes that is absolutely true. We need to be shaken. We need yeah. to be woken up sometimes. Hopefully, <laughs> I never want to call that upon myself, but hey, if God needs yeah. to use it, if we're, I'm going in the wrong direction and that's what God uses, who am I to, to complain about yeah. that? Yeah. So do you have any concrete examples or even general examples of uh, some of, um, you know, um, some people may say why God would allow suffering. Are there any concrete examples of, of some forms of suffering that you think that people would say, why doesn't God stop this? You know, I think the, the easy one that, that I, I typically see and I, I would agree, you know, I, I really struggle with is, you know, anytime, you know, we, we see children, mm-hmm. right? Children with uh, either disease or, mm-hmm. or any, anybody really who dies um, at, a, at too young of an age, you know, yeah. in our mind. You know, those are, the, those are the scenarios that are, I think, easiest to pick out to say, this has no purpose. Right. God should have stopped it. Why didn't he? And, you know, on... You, you've talked a, a little bit about some of what the purposes to suffering are, and um, you know that's at a, a very macro level, right? It's a it's a high level. Here's what the Bible is is kind of talking about the the purpose of it is. But we have individual circumstances in our lives where, you know, it's at the micro level, it's going to be a sometimes a mystery. We mm-hmm. don't understand exactly how God is using that. So it sounds like a little bit of a cop out that that, uh, you know, the mystery of suffering that we just won't know, mm-hmm. you know, and that, but it, it, to a degree, there is the, at the micro level, we don't always get the answer. Right. Job right. didn't get the answer to his suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we, j- we just have to accept that to a degree. Um, you know, and uh, I would say we should not mistake the lack of knowing with, you know, the lack of God's love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good. God's love is still there even if we don't understand right. our, our circumstance. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, you, you see the, the natural disasters uh, like the volcanoes and the, the fires in California, all these different things. That's natural. That's, we didn't call that upon ourselves. That is some, that's a form yeah. of suffering that people die from. And the evil of men. I think about you know, how evil people can be to innocent people. Yeah. Uh, the ISIS assassinations or uh, the mass school shootings or mass shootings on a, on a wide scale. Why does that happen? Why can't that be stopped? Or what I call the bullet fr- with no name, which is kind of like innocent people who are dying of cancer, dying of these mysterious things or things that, that you know, that just happens to mm-hmm. people. I mean, it rains on the just and the unjust alike. And it could be anyone and it could just be picked out of a crowd. It could be you, you know, as to why something happens to you. And that sounds not fair. That doesn't sound fair to me. Um, so that's another form of suffering, as you mentioned, the neglect of the child abuse or something yeah. that happened in the children. These are all things that people can look at and say, well, God, why aren't you stopping these things? Why do you allow this kind of suffering? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that people do have a reasonable 
you know, reason to think these things. But remember, we are the creation, not the creator. And Correct. that's hard for us to reconcile as human beings in a world where, you know, we, we believe a lot on ourselves and believe on science and a lot of different things that are that that kind of fight against God and his nature at times. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, when we come back, we'll uh, turn our attention to what the Bible says about suffering. We'll take a, a look at a few steps and practices that believers can take while suffering. And if suffering is a part of God's design, we'll examine what that says about our God. So stay with us. If you'd like to let us know your thoughts about this episode, feel free to drop us an email at writecmv at hotmail.com to leave us a comment. That's w-r-i-t-e-c-m-v at hotmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Want to watch episodes of Christian music videos online? Visit the CMV Mobile YouTube channel and catch full episodes featuring independent Christian artists. Every month, one new episode from the television series is added to the channel. Now, you can watch CMV anytime on your mobile device, computer, and even your television using a web-enabled device like the Apple TV. Just go to ktfproductions.com and find the CMV mobile link on the Christian Music video page. You can also subscribe to the channel if you want to be updated when a new episode is added. CMV Mobile. Watch anytime, anywhere. Allow yourself to be challenged and encouraged toward a deeper relationship with Christ through Lord of My Life Bible devotions. For the print version, you could read online or subscribe and have them emailed to you as they are posted. And for the audio version, you can listen online or subscribe to the audio podcast and receive episodes as they are released. The Lord of My Life Bible Devotions. Find them at ktfproductions.com. Today, Justin and I have been examining the question, why does God allow suffering? It is an important question that I think every believer and unbeliever may struggle with. In the first part of the show, Justin and I shared some of our personal thoughts on the subject, as well as what some Americans think. But in this segment, we'll begin by taking a look at what the Bible says about suffering. So Justin, what would you say the Bible says about suffering? Well, I think first and foremost, clearly it does not say we won't suffer. <laughs> you know, I think that's, that's something that uh, is important to point out because uh, like we said, it, we, we want the easy path. We want the happy path in life. You know, Jesus himself suffered, obviously. Um, you know, Jesus told the apostles that they would face suffering. If you look in John 16, 33, he says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. You know, that's a, you know, it's a, it's a tough uh, statement to hear that from Jesus. If I'm, if I'm one of the apostles saying, you're going to suffer, mm -hmm. it's like, eee. but you know, the hope in that is I've overcome the world and I've, I've, I've got a way for, for you. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, all the, that played out, all the apostles suffered in their own ways, uh, either in death or persecution. Um, so we, we saw that very clearly, you know, uh, playing itself out. As far as, you know, some specific kind of areas I looked at in the Bible, you know, I go back to kind of the way you, you phrased it, the purposes mm -hmm. for suffering. What mm -hmm. are the purposes? And you know, I'm going to hit on a few that um, are somewhat uh, redundant to kind of what you were sure. talking about, but I think I can put a little bit of a different lens on it. So, um, like you said, repentance is one of them. You know, this, this is from a John Piper devotional where he's, he's kind of listing five, and, you know, I think that's at least five. There's probably more, um, but, but these are the five that really came to my head. Um, you know, suffering is a call for us to turn, or for us and others to turn from treasuring anything on earth above mm -hmm. God, and that's kind of exactly mm -hmm. what you said. Mm -hmm. and you know, I'll, I'll use Luke 13, 4 through 5 to kind of reiterate that. So it says, Or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. So, I mean, obviously we had a, a catastrophe there and, you know, um, really saying that they weren't any more guilty mm -hmm. or, or their circumstance was just different. Um, reliance is the one that I really want to focus on. You know, okay. trust in God is the way I would phrase that. And, you know, suffering is a call to trust in God. And I, I think in my own life, you know, I, I can't really say that I've suffered at, at a great level. You know, I've, I've had a, a pretty happy, pretty good life where 
you know, I've had the everyday struggles that a lot of people face, but I've also not faced, you know, immense health struggles that, that others might have. And so I, I look at if I were in that position and if I didn't have God uh, with me in that, how, how absolutely difficult that would be. Mm-hmm. And I, so that's where I struggle seeing it from the other point of view is, is how do people do it without God? Yeah. You know, and I, I can't answer that. But, um, you know, Second Corinthians uh, 1, 8 through 9 says, We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So here we have Paul, you know, very clearly facing a, a, a difficult situation, and, and he's pointing out that this, this difficult situation is, is there for us to rely on God because mm-hmm. we can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And so um, reliance and trust is a, is a huge thing. And, you know, something else that just really, probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and I use it to, to kind of explain a, a few things, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up here. Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. And this goes back to kind of what you were saying about God being the creator. Mm-hmm. We're the creation. Mm-hmm. I don't get the luxury of telling God, the creator, what, you know, tools to use mm-hmm. in how he's molding me into, you know, the image of his son. You know, I mean, I just don't get that luxury. He knows what he is doing, and I have trusted he knows what he is and doing. And I think a lot of people have struggled with the whole sovereignty yeah. The whole sovereignty of the Lord. I mean, you're right. He did create us. And we have to remember our place, uh, that he is God and we are not. And sovereignty, I think, plays a big role into why people struggle with different things and different decisions that God made makes, even though we don't, we're not even as wise as God and we don't understand what God is thinking. We don't see the whole picture yet. We still want to be in control. We still want to say this is fair, this is not fair, and, yeah. and what God should and shouldn't do, even though he is the creator and we are the creation. So, yeah, yeah. I agree and, with that. And even at the end of that verse, the other thing that I think is probably one of the, the most important part of the verse is in advance for us to do. So before we were, before we were even a thought mm-hmm. on this planet, mm-hmm. you know, God had a plan and has a plan for us and a purpose for us to live out. So... When I see suffering, whether that's, um, you know, uh, infirmity or, or whatever it might be, those are not God's mistakes. Right. right. Those Good are point. absolutely um, on purpose for a reason. And, you know, that's, that's tough for us to accept sometimes. But, uh, you know, I, once again, I love that verse because we are God's handiwork. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to be described as handiwork, it's not... You know, God just slapped me together. It's right. it's right. Uh, God has a grand purpose for me, mm-hmm. and He's He's spelled it out before uh, I was even here. Mm-hmm. You know, which is which is great. Good. Let me point out a couple of verses that I found too that I thought is w- really good for this topic that we're talking about. In Romans chapter vi- five, verse three through five, uh, Paul is saying, "Not only so, but we also glory in our suffering, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope." And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our heart through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So I don't think, I, I think that we should not minimize the importance of perseverance. Perseverance is talked about a lot, especially in the New Testament. And it comes hand in hand with suffering. So Paul is talking about how important suffering is in the scope of perseverance, which builds character and the whole idea about that which does not kill us makes us stronger is really pointed out here. Yeah. Um, also in First Peter chapter 5, verse 10, it says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. So sometimes suffering, we need suffering to make us stronger. And the same concept as I was talking about, but the Bible continues to push that and to point that out. And the last one I'm going to bring up is James. I don't, I don't think you mentioned this one, but James 1, uh, chapter two, uh, verses 2 through 4, which says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's another one on growth. It helps us to grow so that we're not lacking anything, that we can persevere. And I like how it says um, pure joy. Consider it pure joy because of the testing. Another thing about the testing. It, suffering 
is not necessarily bad as we I think that's what we've been coming to yeah. coming to through this this whole talk today um, of course no one wants to suffer we mm -hmm. don't want to go through suffering but suffering does have its purposes and God can use it to refine us and he gives it for a lot of different a lot of different reasons some of which we may never understand or know but the Bible is telling us that suffering has benefits and those are just a few that we mentioned in the Bible mm -hmm. just in this short talk that we had today. Yeah, and I know, you know, I, I look at especially Christians going through any sort of suffering, how encouraging it is for others to be able to see somebody who does have a very strong relationship with God and uh, has a strong faith in what God is doing, even in the midst of their suffering. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's, uh, it's something to also think about that, that in those times, you can still be an immense encouragement Absolutely. to others, other Christians. Absolutely. Um, so what are some steps, some practices that believers should take while suffering? Well, you know, I'll start with uh, just a couple in, okay. in the sense that uh, if, if you read the Psalms, especially David's Psalms, mm -hmm. you know, we see David going through different um, conflicts in his life, whether that's sometimes the consequence of his own sin. Uh, sometimes that's just out of persecution and, and but we see David continually crying out to God, crying out in a way that's um, you know, it, not even just prayer, not just prayer to God, but he knows in a way that, that he needs mm -hmm. God to be there with him, and he, he knows God is. And so I, I say crying out, you know, as opposed to just prayer, yeah. even yeah. though that is prayer. And, you know, in those same Psalms, you know, we, we see David giving thanks, you know, to, to God, even in the middle of his trials, in the middle of his sufferings, he's still giving God thanks in, in the things that are happening in his life that, that he does, uh, that he can be thankful for. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if I look at, uh, we, we keep bringing up trust over and over and over again. So uh, as hard as that is, you know, it, I, I once again go back to really scripture. You know, you have to be well-grounded in scripture to be able to, I think, understand uh, trust when you're in the middle of something, mm -hmm. uh, something big. You know, in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Amen. So, you know, it goes back to we, we don't necessarily know uh, exactly why. And, and I wouldn't necessarily use our own understanding to try to figure that Absolutely. out. Um, and you kind of alluded to it even before, to joy. You know, I, I, once again, it, all these are, are very difficult. They're mm -hmm. easy for us to say. Definitely very difficult to live mm -hmm. and and but I, I called out specifically that we cannot forget joy um you, you can't assume that in and it goes back to my definition where it said the opposite uh was pleasure and, and happiness and uh you know we can't assume that when there is suffering there is no joy right that there is no happiness right. and so um you know y you can still have a strong relationship with god you can have faith in god and God can do wonderful things in your life, even in the middle of all the stuff. And you know, some of, one of the things I think when I think about joy, I also kind of uh, liken that to peace. Yes. Uh, because there is a, a peace that you can have during your suffering, uh, knowing that God is in control, knowing that you're taken care of, knowing that the comforter is actually comforting you during that time. So yeah, joy, a lot of people might not understand how you can have joy in the midst of suffering. But if you think about it in terms of peace, which is a form of, I think, a form of joy uh, that I think is easier to understand because you can have peace mm -hmm. in, the st in the midst of the storm. Yeah, absolutely. So. And kind of the final thing I would just put on there, which I think is apparent just based off of the scripture we're bringing up is re read, read the Bible. You know, that could <laughs> almost go for anything, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's something that's so easily kind of put to the side nowadays with, with busy lives. And, um, you know, I, I'm the first to admit, you know, it's like I, I have a, a full-time mm -hmm. job that takes a lot of my time. I have a lot of after-school activities for the kids. Right. You know, our time gets, gets challenged, but we really need to stay, you know, grounded in Scripture. Well, you know, I think that life is different when you're going through suffering. Like, if you're, if you're going through life normally, yes, it is it's hard to get to the Bible. It's hard to do the things that, that you have to do. But like anything else, when something really gets your attention, like you were talking about the whole mm -hmm. megaphone and God gets your attention with suffering— it makes you sit up and realize, and that really takes precedent all of a sudden in your life, the suffering that you're dealing with. And those who are dealing with suffering, I'll, t I'll t talk my, li uh, my list now too. Yeah. 
which is similar to some of the things that you said. But I think that one of the first things that we need to do when suffering is seek God's face. And that comes in the form of prayer, like you said, the crying mm -hmm. out to God, the, the fasting, uh, the reading his word, the praying against Satan to really get, get close to God. Lock yourself in the room and really put your effort into communicating with him, crying out to him, reaching out to him, pouring out your heart to him which is something we may not do if we're not suffering. We yeah. might just pray casually. We might pray every once in a while. We might pray for those who are suffering. But when we are suffering ourselves, I think our prayer and our, and our spiritual walk and our life takes, a, takes an immense step up because now it's serious. Now we are feeling this pain ourselves, and now we need an answer from God. So that is one of the first and primary things I think we should do. Like you mentioned, cry out to God, but also the whole Bible reading and the getting close to him, that, that takes a, a lot of different forms. Absolutely. Fasting, I think, is a, is a really, really big uh, step to do that as well. Another thing, and you mentioned it too, the trust, trusting in him. If we trust in his goodness and his character and we remind ourselves of the verses of the Bible that talk about that, because sometimes when we're in the midst of suffering, we might lose track mm -hmm. of what God is and what he's doing. <laughs> and we might actually have these things that, that cause us pain and we're trying to figure out how we can not suffer yeah. but when we trust him and we are reminded of his bible and of, of the word of god and what he's saying and what he's what he says in his word that is an immense help to us it helps to bolster and and help us in our our lack of faith yeah, if we absolutely. have any there absolutely another thing and i think this is a big one is to let go of any self-entitlement we always say, well, why is this happening to me? I'm a good person. What, you know, what have I done to deserve this? And don't get me wrong. I, I, like you, I have not experienced that level of suffering, and I don't want to make light of those who are. But the thing is, is that it can happen to anyone. It can happen to me. It can happen to you. It can happen to the best of us. It can happen to those who deserve it, whoever. It rains on the just and unjust alike, like the Bible says. Yeah. So it can fall on any one of us. And the thing is, we can't say that I don't deserve this or that, you know, I'm entitled to have a great life. Uh, the Bible says that if I do this, then this should happen and it's not happening. We have to remember that we are creations, that life isn't always cookie cutter planned out the way that we want to. So the whole self-entitlement, I think, is something that we need to to wrap our minds around and when we're suffering we realize that it is god that makes the rules mm -hmm. god who is sovereign and his ways are higher than our ways and in our suffering all we can think about is the suffering at times yeah. we don't think about what god is doing and what the reason is this is for and what he's what his plans are in this midst, midst of the suffering so i would say just try and put aside your self-entitlement and remember that god is god and you are not yeah and another thing is and it, you may have mentioned this too is to lean on him so allow him to be your strength. When you are suffering, you are weak. I, I think that that's probably the weakest we are. When we, are, are, we just can't handle it on our own, we, we ha we've lost our, our illusion of control, and now we're thinking, well, God, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm on empty. I need you to, to fill me up, to help me, to walk me through this. I'm totally leaning on you. It is your strength getting me through this. And if we're able to do that, then God can. We can see God at work. We can see his hand at work. We can see answered prayer happening in that time when we just let go and let God, I think, is the, is the term that has become so popular. Yeah, I mean, I think many, many Christians attest to the, the fact that they see God and they, the times where they feel closest to God is when they're on their knees and they have no other, they have no other option but to rely on him. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and so uh, you know, that, that, to me, is a, a big one where... Uh, you know, be able to, to see God working in your life, Absolutely. whether big, small, whether it's in suffering, whether it's in um, blessing, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. And I think the last one that I would mention to help people who are suffering is to accept God's plan. Um, like Jesus, uh, he may not, you know, uh, choose to, t he may not, God may not choose to take the cup from you. Yeah. So we need to remember that we need to accept God's plan. If it is his, for his plan for us to go through this, whatever the storm is, maybe that's just something we have to do. And it's his plan for us to go through it, whatever the plan may be. And we may not know it this side of heaven, but we need to remember just to be steadfast. And, I, and I've seen a lot of people who, have, who have, are going through a major suffering, major uh, calamities in their lives or, or physical uh, ailments. Mm -hmm. And the believers, the believers that are strong, like you mentioned earlier, are examples to us who are not going through it. Yeah. We might be thinking, man, how can you be so at peace or so close to God or so okay with all this is going on? You seem okay with it. And it's only because they have 
accepted it. They've come to the point of saying, God, I accept whatever it is that you want me to do. If you choose to not take this cup from me, if you choose not to answer the prayer the way that I want it answered, your will, not my will, be done, which I think Absolutely. is what we hopefully as believers end up landing on. Yeah, that could be incredibly encouraging. Yeah, I would agree with that. So if suffering is a part of God's design, what does that say about our God? Well, you know, I, I want to go back to the original kind of the, the fundamental idea that we, we talked about, which is that God, you know, isn't all powerful, isn't all good or, or both. And, you know, God, I think through through kind of the scripture that we've brought up, some of the, to, you know, some of the topics that we've we've discussed you know, I think we've shown God is all powerful. He can, mm -hmm. he can affect any of our, our sufferings. He can, um, he's there for us, you know, and, and God is all good. You know, once again, I go back to the verses where, you know, God is molding us into, you know, the image of his son, right? He wants us to be, he, he's not trying to, to, to just give us trouble for, for no reason. Mm -hmm. It's all for growth and for good. And so, uh, you know, I, I really think that's a key thing. To, to have a God that, that loves you that much uh, is huge. You know, to, to be able to see that he can take even the worst of scenarios and turn it into good is something that is powerful. And, you know, he is all-knowing. You mm -hmm. know, I put a lot of trust and faith in knowing that if I were dealing with, you know, any sort of trial or, or suffering, that uh, God has prepared this in advance for me. Mm -hmm. He knows my purpose, and I guess I take it as a challenge in those scenarios to understand what his purpose is there so that I can, I can of course, glorify him even in my sufferings. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. I like that. Um, I also fall on the idea that to remember that God is sovereign. Mm -hmm. we, our self-entitlement is crazy in America, and we need to realize that God is sovereign. He makes the rules. He makes all the rules, even if we in our minds think they're unfair, we can't understand them or whatever, and we start to, to, to label God, hate God or be mad at God for different things. And it's like, well, we are only seeing things through our own human eyes. Yeah. We don't understand what God understands. We need to remember that he is God and we are not, and he is grander than we are. And as was mentioned in the Bible, I mean, this, this present suffering, whatever it is that we go through in this life, is not even anything compared to what we're going to be go having once we die and once we go to heaven. So we need to remember and put everything in context. Yes, suffering is bad. Yes, cancer is awful. Yes, big calamities are incredibly bad, and, and they, they weigh on us. But in light of life, it's, it's not, it doesn't even compare to eternal life. And so God is sovereign. Trust him. He is God. And he loves us. And we need to remember that. And if we are in the midst of suffering, like a lot of what you said, just trust him, know that he is God, and just be a part of his plan and trust him and pray to him and just rest in knowing that he is in control, even when we're not, even when it sounds like things are just out of control. And also, um, suffering, remember that suffering can result in positive outcomes. Um, a lot of times, like for 9-11 or uh, for Katrina, that really pulled a lot of people together. Um, yeah. Even after that, uh, the, those calamities, it, it was that alarm. It raised an alarm in, in Americans, and we pulled together for a common good. And sometimes when bad things happen to good people or bad things happen to innocent people or just bad things happen in general, sometimes we need to look at the, at the good that may come from it, and maybe we, should, we can see the hand of God in it. Uh, and then we can give him glory for it instead of lamenting all the time through our pain. So those are the two things that I would say when I hear about God and allowing suffering. First off, knowing that we are in a fallen world. It's going to happen. We are not good people. We're not perfect. We're sinful yeah. people. It's going to happen. Some of it is because of what we do ourselves, and some of it is outside of our control. And whenever that happens, we just need to remember who God is and never lose sight of that because I think that w we can either go closer to God or we can go further away from God. And what we need to do as believers is go closer to God. We do not want to go further away. There is nothing there for you. If you go there, then it's just, it's just going to be just totally awful for you. Yeah. Um, so hopefully during this talk, that is at least where people are drawn toward. Yeah. So my last question to you is, what are some of the key takeaways uh, that will help us to become more hardcore in our faith, knowing uh, now that we've talked a lot about this idea of suffering? Well, you know, I'm going to expand on kind of what you were just talking about, which is, you know, there's there's really always two options in a lot of things that we do. 
and that's we can run to God or we mm -hmm. can run away from God. Mm -hmm. And you know, going back to to the book C.S. Lewis, Problem of Pain, you know, he once again has another great quote in that book, which is, "For you will certainly carry out God's purpose, however you act, but it makes a difference to you whether you serve like Judas or John." <laughs> and good. so, you know, we we need to find hope and peace in God and his purpose and his plan for mm -hmm. us. And, you know, the hope is in that our present sufferings are not, uh, they're not eternal. They're not um, the end all be all. Uh, God has and will overcome them mm -hmm. for it. You know, so uh, really having a hope and peace in God. Mm -hmm. You know, suffering, you know, the other, the other takeaway I really have is, you know, suffering does not necessarily, it doesn't diminish our purpose or God's purpose for us. So, I mean, it, once again, it goes back to, it's not a mistake. Mm -hmm. God didn't have a mistake when, um, you know, somebody contracts cancer or gets cancer and, uh, or, or dies too young or, or it, it's not a mistake. Mm -hmm. um, you know, God can use it. And, and so we really need to evaluate, um, you know, how is God working in our life and what does he want, want from me? Um, you know, and, and you, you mentioned it. I'll, I'll kind of reiterate it again. You know, we must realize that, that not all suffering is bad. Mm -hmm. There can be good that comes out of it, as hard as that is to hear if, if you're in the midst of suffering. You know, it, it's, it's a, I think it, the Bible really clearly states it is and can be used for good. And, you know, even some of the things you were saying where, you know, we had the, the catastrophes like 9-11 mm -hmm. or, you know, when there's violence, you mm -hmm. know, gun violence going on in America. Even in the worst scenarios like those, you know, God shows up and is able to, there is good in that, mm -hmm. in the sense that, um, you know, it draws us as, as humans, as, as broken people to unify. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's another mm -hmm. thing that um, I don't think we naturally do. And so right. um, in those circumstances, God is drawing us closer together with each other uh, to show the same love that Jesus showed us, to show the same love that, um, you know, he, he describes that he wants us to, to really show for others. Mm -hmm. Well, I think too, that we need to remember, yes, God is all-loving, he is all-knowing, and he is all-love. Uh, uh, He's all-powerful. Mm -hmm. He is all those things, yet he chooses to allow us to suffer. So he is those things, but he chooses yeah. to allow us to suffer. And as his creation, we need to trust him, and we need to submit to him, even in it. We shouldn't question him, because he is God, and we are not. Uh, the lesson from Job is a big thing. Even, he even questioned God, or he kind of, he got reprimanded from God at the end there. Yeah. When he was basically uh, trying to think, well, why, wh what was me? Why is this happening to me? I mean, I don't deserve this, basically. And God was saying, who are you? Did you make the world? Did, Correct, you, yeah. did you do these things? We need to remember, and he was a righteous man. We need to remember that just like Job, who are we to question a sovereign God who is all loving? We know that he loves us, so it's not a contradiction. Uh, suffering is, is not a contradiction to his love. And lastly, I would say that when we, even when we ask the question, why does God allow suffering? That question in itself is really out of line, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. We, we shouldn't ask, why does God allow suffering? Because it's God's prerogative to do whatever he wishes. Yeah. So I think I'll end with that. Yeah. Well, anyway, I want to thank you guys for spending time with us as we explore the question, why does God allow suffering? I hope you enjoyed the show. And be sure to join us next time as we explore another challenging topic from a Christian worldview. But until then, make sure that you make every effort to keep your walk hardcore. See you soon. If you'd like to let us know your thoughts about this episode, feel free to drop us an email at writecmv at hotmail.com to leave us a comment. That's w-r-i-t-e-c-m-v at hotmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.